Welcome back to the Anxiety Slayer podcast. I'm Shan Vanderleek, here with my close friend and co-host, Ananga Sevier. We come together weekly from Kent and Leelanau to share Anxiety Slayer sessions with you and answer listener questions from our inbox and Facebook page. Together, we share a powerful collection of techniques to reduce anxiety. This week's listener question asks us, can I feel calm without medication? And before we dive into that subject, I do want to remind you that this episode is for information purposes only, and if you're concerned about your mental health, please speak to a qualified professional. And while our focus with Anxiety Slayer is always on what you can do to calm anxiety and reclaim your life, in our experience, it is possible to feel calm without medication. And today we're going to share our favorite techniques and lifestyle adjustments for achieving that right here. Welcome back, Ananga. Hi, Shen. It's so good to be with you talking about something that is really important. And uh, I'm glad that it's come up because I know that in the 10 years that you and I have been working together, we've been sharing as much as we possibly can about how to care for yourself naturally. Yeah. And with all of the different techniques that we share, and we don't really get into medication much. But that said, if you need to look into medication, it doesn't mean that you failed. Support for anxiety is available in a broad variety of approaches, including medication. It's also important to note that taking medication and working with natural methods and lifestyle changes to calm anxiety are not mutually exclusive. One does not rule out the other. You can absolutely do both. One thing that Ananga and I agree on is that emotional health has to be your top priority if you're struggling with a fragile mind. Yeah, I think emotional health should be our top priority. However we are and whoever we are, Ayurveda, India's ancient science of life, teaches that the most important thing to nurture is our emotional well-being. And even before we look at nutrition, herbs, medications, our mental health and peace of mind always comes first because how we're feeling colors everything. It affects everything. And when we look after our mental well-being, everything else works better, whether it's medication, nutrition, herbs, lifestyle changes. It all comes from greater peace of mind, self-esteem, self-compassion. In Ayurveda, this is the really the pillar on which everything sits. And I know from my own experience in life, when I've suffered in the past with chronic illness, which for many years left me housebound on the better days and bedridden for a long time on the more challenging days, if my emotional health was taken care of, I was okay. But if that incapacitation started to leach into my mind or I started to experience some anxiety about my health, that took everything on a real fast downward turn. So having lived with health challenges and lived with very high anxiety in my younger years, I would always rather suffer with my body than my mind, even if my body's in a lot of pain. If my mind's okay, I'm okay. So really important to put our emotional and mental health as top priority and to value it and treasure it. We need mental peace in order to get the best out of our lives and we need to be able to do whatever we need to do to make that our first priority. And some of the things that that we can do are reduce 
the triggers that cause us to feel out of balance and to bring us to these places of feeling anxious or feeling like we're going to have an anxiety attack or what whatever might be coming up. So I'd like to talk about some of those triggers. And people uh, is is at the top of the list because you need to be mindful of the type of personalities and people that you're spending time with. If you have people who are really negative or who are very uh, challenging, these folks are not who you want to be around when you're trying to care for your emotional health. These people, you, you need to take a break from them uh, if at all possible. And I realize in our families and close circles and sometimes at work, this can be challenging. But be mindful of who the more difficult personalities are and do your best to have some distance. Do your best to set some boundaries. I used to work with a person who uh, on good days was very funny, lots of laughs, very gregarious. And on, on other days would come in and sit down in the chair and just start ranting and raving about whatever was bothering him. And I would have to invite him to move on, listen for a bit, and then try to inject some humor, let him know that I had something that needed to be handled, somehow usher him on his way, because I would get so depleted from that kind of energy. So be mindful of the people that you're spending time with. Be with lovely, sweet, caring people the people who you can be with and be quiet with if need be. Places, people, places, and things are what I'm going to be talking about. Places, large venues, shopping malls, loud restaurants and bars, places that are just a bit overstimulating, probably a good idea to stay away from. This past weekend, my husband and I went to a a relocated uh, restaurant that one of our favorites that moved into uh, some real estate right within the shopping mall. And I'm not sure I'll go back again. The vibe is totally different. It's it's really loud, lots of loud music. It was not a peaceful place to have lunch. And it's not that they weren't playing music at the old location. There was something about the energy of the mall, of, of the volume of the music. Uh, the visibility, the difference in the space, and I just thought, huh, I don't, I don't need to come back here. The food's fantastic, but they have another location that we can go to. We just won't go back to that one. It's a bit too much. This brings us to things, things like the news, social media, electronics, the scrolling, all of this information that we bring in. Please give yourself a break. There's so much going on and there's so much sadness in the news and things that could bring you to your knees if you weren't struggling already, but you just don't need to invite in. You have control of that. So take a take a break from some of these things. And then finally food. We need to be mindful of of what we're putting into our bodies. Right now in the US, caffeine and sugar and high fat foods are the reason why so many struggle with diabetes and weight issues. All of these things are not helpful for your mind either. We've talked about caffeine 
many, many times over the years and how it can absolutely trigger anxiety and to be mindful of that. But also how you feel after you have something that's high in sugar and fat and you might uh, crash very quickly. And this can absolutely affect your emotions and how you feel and make you feel very heavy and sad. And nutrition is so important to our mental health as well as our physical health. Yeah, really important points. As you're going through them, Shan, it reminds me always to focus on the power of choice. And that's a big part of building mental calm. We have to look after our mental health. We have to be proactive about it in the same way that if if we want to have a fit, healthy body, we have to move our body and we have to make choices about what we put in our body. And the same goes for trying to cultivate calm, cultivate peace of mind, making choices in what we put in our body and what we let in our mind. And always good to have a variety of choices rather than just reacting if we're low energy and we're going to reach for a cup of coffee. There are other things you can do. You can take a brisk walk. There are some meridian point exercises that you can use, even using the EFT tapping point and patting firmly under your arms while you take deep breaths. Um, That can help you feel quite grounded and awake and more alert. Or Qigong tip is to just go up on your toes and drop on your heels a few times. It just wakes the body up naturally. Run some cold water over your wrists. Different things we can do to feel awake and alert without depending on caffeine. Very often we hear people say, I know horror movies affect my mind and they increase my anxiety, but I can't resist them. I just love them. Or I know caffeine increases my anxiety, but I love my coffee. We have to look at those statements and realize that there's a payoff. If you're going to make that choice, then it is going to increase your anxiety. There's a very obvious cause and effect there. So just gradually trying to make calmer substitutions in reducing triggers. If coffee's something that it's hard to let go of, then try and have it with something to eat. Try and have it less strong. Phase it out over time. Experiment with different substitutions. It's really important with anxiety not to be all or nothing, but to just look at choices, options, trying to make better choices when you can, calmer choices when you can. And that that leads us into some really supportive and beautiful calming practices. And the first is oil massage. Massaging your feet with your favorite oil before sleep helps calm the mind and is a very settling and grounding practice and your feet will be happy as well. (laughs) (laughs) We do so much on our feet and to add this step is incredibly calming and sweet. It's something that's fairly new to me in the last few years. I know Ananga, you've been practicing this much longer than I have, but it's amazing to me how much it takes the energy down from my mind, especially if I'm chewing on something and and taking it around and around in that loop of thought. The oil massage is is lovely. And we both like sesame oil, but certainly there are other oils that you can use as well. It's remarkably calming. Um, One of the first natural therapies I learned and trained in was reflexology. So I learned about 
how many nerve endings we have in our feet and how the feet have an impact on our entire body, relaxing our entire body and just simple um, things you can do, just firmly massaging up and down your feet, but taking your thumb and going up the instep of your foot from, from your heel to your toe, big toe, and then back down again. That's the spine area, the reflexes for the spine area located in that part of the foot. So that's something I like to do. And you can do it just by crossing one foot over the opposite knee so that the edge of your foot, the inside edge of your foot is facing up towards the ceiling and then just work up and down there with your thumb. And it's extremely relaxing to do that. And as you said, Shan, it, it, to me it feels almost like you pull a plug on your thoughts and they drain away. It really drains the head energy down and it's excellent for calming, looping thoughts. And, of course, breathing exercises. We, we can't really speak enough about the importance of your breath. Breathing is the only automatic function your body performs that you can directly influence. So when you learn to direct your breath, you can have a positive impact on your well-being. You can use your breath to diffuse stress, to slow your heart rate, to calm your nerves, and to look after your immune system. What we know about anxious breathing is that it's rapid and shallow, and it communicates anxiety to your body and mind. And whether you're consciously aware of it or not, anxious, shallow breathing feeds into the experience of anxiety and can actually escalate it. Learning some breathing exercises will help you send a signal to your mind and body that you're calm and that you are in control. Calm, deep breathing encourages the relaxation response, which cultivated over time will help you feel more calm. The one very simple way to use your breath to feel calm is the long exhale practice. And if you've been listening to us for some time, you know we talk about this quite a bit, but it works. And so we'll keep bringing it forward in hopes that new listeners and and even those who've been with us for quite some time will actually give it a try. And all you need to do is breathe in slowly through your nose and count to four. This is when you want to make sure that your shoulders are down and allow your stomach to expand as you draw your breath in. And you hold it for a moment. And then you release your breath slowly and fully as you count to seven. And you repeat this for just a couple of minutes, five or six or seven rounds of your breath, and you will start to feel more calm and relaxed. So again, you're breathing in slowly through your nose with a count to four. You're holding it for a moment, and then you're releasing your breath slowly and fully as you count to seven. For guided breathing practices for calming anxiety, visit our new website at anxietyslayer.com and look for the guided meditations area in the top menu. Following a guided practice is very effective for calming high anxiety because it holds your mind's attention and helps you follow along supported by the narrator's directions and, and the relaxing music. And one question we often get asked about breathing practices and meditation is for some people, it feels that their anxiety worsens at those times. And the reason for that is that anxiety can rush in to fill a quiet place. So if you're living with high anxiety and it's challenging you in that way, it's helpful to follow a guided practice. Then your mind is harnessed in and 
calmed by following along. It's kept, it's like occupational therapy for the mind. It's kept in check by listening, following along with the instructions, following the guided practice. And then you've got some calming music there in the background as well. And our music's very carefully structured on our recordings to gradually slow in tempo. It's structured in a way that calms the heart. The body responds directly to the music it's listening to, the tempo it's listening to. So we've structured that into our recordings so that the music really does help you feel more calm and more settled. Hydration with herbal tea is also something that is incredibly supportive for anxiety. Keeping hydrated with warm drinks is effective for calming anxiety, especially if you can add calming herbs to your drinks. And even though it's uh, summertime and for many of our listeners, bringing warm drinks in in the morning or at the end of the day, and even sometimes having something that's a little bit cooler is still helpful. I've had chamomile tea before uh, over ice, and, and I've enjoyed it. I just know that it's better for my body if it's warm. It's going to do its job a little better if it's warm. But chamomile is excellent for calming stress and anxiety and also can help treat insomnia. So it's a lovely tea to have before bed. It can also help relax your muscles as well. Pure chamomile tea is readily available in most health and grocery stores. And other teas that we recommend that contain chamomile are pucka herbs, relax, and love teas. We love pucka tea. If you haven't tried it yet, it's really fantastic. Yeah, great substitutions if you want to look at reducing caffeine during the day, bringing, bringing some herb teas in that are very effective for calming anxiety. We've discussed this before, that chamomile sometimes is um, disregarded as, you know, some kind of old hippie tea. When you're living with very high anxiety, it can be challenging to look at the things we're talking about here and see that they're really effective, but they truly are all of the tips that we're sharing here our ways for calming anxiety naturally there's certainly the tips and, and lifestyle changes that have helped me really come down from high anxiety and anxiety attacks so i recommend giving them a try and i do have a quick story to share in that regard one ayurvedic practitioner and author who's uh, very wonderful to look up a lady called dr claudia welch she shared that once in a consultation, a lady came to her who was extremely stressed, very, very anxious. And she recommended to her some lifestyle changes of, in particular, beginning her day with a really calm morning, waking up and listening to or looking at something beautiful, allowing some time for peaceful reflection and applying essential oils to her wrists and her, the base of her throat and her sternum. And she said, this woman looked at me like I was a two-headed dragon. She just was incredulous that this advice that was coming, it didn't seem substantial enough or effective enough. Um, Dr. Welch didn't expect to hear from this lady ever again, but to her surprise, three weeks later, she came back and she'd been doing it. She figured that she'd paid her money, had the appointment and was going to try it anyway. But she came back and just made those simple adjustments and was feeling so much better. So much had changed for her. She was feeling so much more calm and positive and settled in her life. So it really is a question of even though these things look simple, these are thousands of years old, very simple, very effective ways to calm anxiety naturally. So always worth just 
giving them a go. Do the experiment. Yeah, I love thinking about it that way. Experiment with all of it and then see what sticks. Find out what's your favorite thing to do and then add to the experience. Yeah. Mindful walking is something that's also quite helpful. Walking is one of the best things you can do for calming anxiety and and lifting low moods. Moving is real therapy. It gets us beyond feeling stuck and low or overwhelmed, and it gets us out of our heads in a very healthy way. There's nothing worse than staying still when you're suffering with your mind. It really is a good idea to get moving. Walk with awareness of your surroundings. Look out for birds and listen to the sound of your feet connecting with the earth or the street. Swing your arms, drop your shoulders, relax your jaw and face, and fill your lungs with air. It's just, ah, just this morning I was walking outside and walking around the house and in my garden and doing just this, starting the day slowly and sweetly and paying attention to the birds and the squirrels and the chipmunks and breathing deeply and feeling a a real sense of peace in the way that I started the day. And the key with mindful walking is to do a little bit every day, even if it's just for five or 10 minutes. So my example is I think I was probably outside for 10 minutes and it was just a fantastic way to get moving. Daily walking is more effective than, than longer walks a couple times a week. So get out as much as you can, even for brief bits of time. And if your anxiety is running super high, Try counting your steps with your breath for a while to engage your mind and draw it away from the looping, uh, over-anxious thoughts that you might be experiencing. Try taking one deep breath in as you take four steps and then exhaling slowly for six steps and then repeat. So one deep breath in as you take four steps and then exhaling slowly for six steps. And you just keep repeating. And you will feel more calm and relaxed. Yeah, that's one of my favorite things to do. If I'm experiencing really high anxiety or there's been some traumatic event in my life, walking and counting my steps with my breath really locks my mind down. It reduces the adrenaline in my body more quickly than anything I've tried. So definitely worth just experimenting with that, just marching out the door at least once a day if you can. and feeling your feet on the earth. And this is a meditation in motion. So again, if you have high anxiety and you feel like intrusive thoughts, anxious thoughts, fearful thoughts come in on your mind when you're trying to sit and meditate, then walk and meditate. Bring mindfulness in with the movement. This is also where Tai Chi, Qigong and yoga are so beautiful because we're getting out of our head and dropping into our body with awareness. And they're all very powerful ways very simple, very easy ways to calm anxiety and slow that rushing of thoughts in the mind. A number of our listeners struggle with bedtime and whether they're having issue falling asleep or staying asleep. And we couldn't do this episode without sharing how incredibly supportive it is to drink a warm almond milk drink before bed. It's a great natural remedy for calming anxiety, and it will help you settle into relaxed sleep. It's simple to make, 
Basically, you warm a cup of almond milk, and then you add a small pinch of nutmeg and saffron if you have some. The milk helps you get to sleep, and the nutmeg helps you stay asleep. And then what I've learned from from Ananga is that the saffron is very soothing to the heart. So you're doing yourself such a, a sweet gift and favor before night, you know, before going to bed. It's a beautifully supportive nighttime ritual that you can do and you will notice results very quickly. Yeah, really does make a difference. And then if you add that in with five minutes foot massage, as we mentioned earlier, then you've got two things to do for a gentle, quiet evening routine to calm anxiety. And then once your anxiety is calm, the quality of your sleep improves. And over time, that takes the anxiety down further. And then the last simple little thing to add to that, which is also extremely effective, is using essential oils for calm. Lavender is my favorite. Um, Lavender helps calm anxiety and build a sense of security and trust and simply applying a drop to each wrist and to your neck and the center of your chest, as we shared in the story we mentioned a couple of moments ago. You can do that morning and night. It really helps sleep and it also helps you feel steady and calm in the morning as you settle into your day. It's just such a simple thing to do. And over time, it will act. It will have its effect. And Ananga, what essential oil would you recommend for our listeners who don't like lavender? Because while you and I absolutely love it, I know that a number of people don't. And and I know there are other oils that are also helpful for calming and relaxing. Ayurveda recommends sweet, soothing scents. Uh, rose is very beautiful. Rose has a very calming effect on the body. Rose geranium, that's also a real favorite of mine. Absolutely beautiful scent that's very calming. And another one that I love, although I do blend it with Lavender is vetiver. Vetiver is incredibly calming and grounding. It's used as a base note often in perfumery. It has a smoky scent, which on its own might be a bit of an acquired taste, but I really love it. It comes from the root of a special grass, woodkus. And in Ayurveda, it's a really highly rated, calming, grounding, earthy remedy. So that's another one to look up. Mm, I love essential oils. <laughs> Me too. I, my collection keeps growing for sure. And also you can use, you know, uplifting oils in a diffuser, neroli, orange blossom. Very uplifting. It's, it's very beautiful for the mind. Um, we sometimes have that in a diffuser in our lounge. That's one of my daughter's favorites. So beautiful. I like lemon balm as well. Yeah, lemon balm, which also makes a gorgeous tea. Melissa, very, very calming. Very calming. Yeah, lemon balms also are absolutely lovely. So several to choose from. And uh, you can diffuse them as well as applying them to your body. Experiment. And let us yeah. know. Let us know what you like and, and how you get on with them. But essential oils are very potent, very remarkable. One teaspoon of lavender oil, the amount of flowers used, it's like practically a room full of flowers to to distill down to that oil, which is why it's called essential oil. It's the real potent essence of the plants, real healing potency of the plant in those very condensed oil essences. 
Mm, so nice. We could we could go on and on. <laughs> so as you can see, there are a number of ways to feel calm without medication. But there's also something that's important as well, and that is the importance of support. Feeling more calm and confident is something that can be learned and developed for sure. But one of the quickest and easiest ways to do that is to get guidance from someone who understands anxiety and can help you learn new calming skills and make the lifestyle adjustments that support you that we've been talking about today. And you can do this via online courses or support groups or by working one-on-one with an anxiety coach for support that's tailored to your individual needs and your mind and body type. There's also three ways Anxiety Slayer can support you beyond our award-winning podcasts. You can register for one of our online courses, or you can sample our guided relaxation albums, or you can book an anxiety support coaching session. All of these can be found at our new website at anxietyslayer.com. 